guys, thanks for joining us. This is the AfterBuzz TV After Show for American Gothic. It's Season 1, Episode 1, Arrangement in Gray and Black. That show is creepy. Stick with us as we talk about it soon. You're <laughs> tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> Well, you guys, we are definitely having some fun in the studio right now, and that is because we have to shake off that premiere of American Gothic. How creepy was that? Oh, my God. I I didn't even know what to say after that one. Like, legit, I stood there for a minute like... Speechless. Speechless. So this might be a pretty silent show. But as we get going, I am Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Z-O-E Said What. You can also find me in the chat right now if you are watching or listening to us live. So come on in and talk to us. And sitting to my left. Hey guys, I'm Gabriel Gonzalez. You can find me on Twitter to talk American Gothic at Double G on TV. <laughs> Sounds good. So first of all, We've already discussed creepy. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> As we break down the episode, there are first a couple of things that we want to make sure that you guys know we'll be watching for and that we'll definitely be pointing out as we go. And that is that the writer and creator of the show, uh, Corinne Brinkerhoff, has said in some interviews that a couple things. First of all, every episode title is linked to a famous painting, and there will be a shot of that painting or rem- reminiscent of the painting yes. in every episode. So watch for it. We'll watch for it. We'll let you know what we find. The other thing, oh, that was my shoe hitting the ground, if you oh, heard wow. that. We wanted some sound effects live in the studio. And the, yes. <laughs> we thought we'll just make our own. And the other thing is that um, there are lots of birds of prey in this. And yes. that that's because birds of prey are generally linked to serial killers. Is yes, that right? it's like the way she described it is that it's um they tend to decorate the homes of mm-hmm. You know, I guess a lot of psychopaths, and it's just reminiscent of, you know, their nature as mm-hmm. a predator. So I read that and I was like, it's not creepy at all, but it makes sense. And they definitely made use of that throughout this episode, and yeah. it was so subtly done. I liked it. Yeah, so we will point those spots out to you as well that we picked and I picked out. And I have to say, as we were starting to talk about it, there was um, an owl outfit in one of the scenes. And I yeah. realized a couple years ago, Pier 1 had this big thing with owls. They were <laughs> everywhere. And I decorated with owls. And now I'm kind of freaked out. Mm. I had, like, this owl tea light holder. I had an owl like Christmas ornament. I- I'm kind of glad you're on that side of the desk right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know. So Lucretia, I better stay over come back here. soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We will have a third host joining us. Lucretia's away right now, yeah. but she will join us next week. Yes. And so let's get started with this episode. Where do we and start? I know, sure. right? <laughs> so we will go through an order. We'll skip around where, where necessary, and yeah. we will get there. So at the beginning of the episode, we mm-hmm. have Tessa and Brady. They're a married couple. They are driving to their parents' house, where we find out that their sister, Allison, is going to be running for mayor. So they're all going to be getting a rundown for a big PR interview. And during this drive, a couple of things happen. We have a big tunnel collapse, which we learn more about later. And then we also have this big ovulation timer going off. So yes. clearly they are trying to have a baby. And it's the ding, ding, ding. Now is the yes. time. So And, like, a lot of couples very happy to be practicing. Yes, that's true. They talk (laughs) about, should we practice with my parents? And what's interesting, so they pull up to that house, and Mm -hmm. some of the early images even that we get 
are that um, we see a bird in the house. It's one of the very first things we see in the house. We have a reference to a Pollock painting, the reference to the Rockwell painting. And then they also mention that the tunnel collapse is worse, or is not worse, than the one in 06. So there's huh. something with that as well. So what do you think in those initial scenes, what were your initial thoughts? Well, it, okay, it threw me off, to be honest, because when you see the tunnel collapse and you saw them talking, I thought, like, wait, did they already just die? Right. <laughs> and then I had to wait a second, then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So mm-hmm. that threw me off, and then that initial interaction with all the family members right there in that mm-hmm. very nice living room. I mean, I'm not going to lie, like, if being creepy means being that rich, I'd kind of be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just how they're all so awkward mm-hmm. and, like, you wouldn't want to be alone in a room with any of them, but yeah. now all of them are together, that one was just, like... This is going to be a weird show, but I liked it. It's like, okay, we're starting it off Mm -hmm. a very good tone early on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. So we get that bird of prey on the, um, like, on display early on. And then in their house, it feels very removed. And throughout the episode, that continues where it feels like everything is shot. So you feel like, as I lean back away from the mic, as you feel further away, you know, that's how it really feels that they've shot it. You feel so distanced, really, from all of these characters. Did you feel that way, too? Yes. And I think one of the things that uh, Corinne talked about in another interview is Mm -hmm. that she, it came down to even the color tones. You know, you notice Tess is the only one really wearing bright colors. Right, and we get the and, red and the blue for yes, her. Yes, yeah. and all of that is done on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's done to set that very monotone, noir kind yeah. of feel. Of course, gothic, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, okay, I get it. Yeah. But, um, no, and you pointed out that a lot of the scenes, just how they're shot, and I had to actually mm-hmm. think about that, just that was overly used, and it was well done. Mm-hmm. It helped set the tone just as much as the cast did. Yeah, and what you're saying is true, too. Like, that thinking of noir filmmaking, that is where we get a lot of these more offbeat camera angles, and that's exactly what they were doing. And it started to stand out to me when we had the press conference, really, in the next scene, where they, um, you know, are shooting up at Allison a lot. We see the tall building. And, um, you know, then, of course, the dad collapses completely. And... So, then you know, they, pa- you know mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting a heart attack with the political season lately, to be honest. So <laughs> I, I think that was very well, you know, I don't think it was foul play at first. It's like, you know, politics make me feel a little nauseous, too, when I have to think about them. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And, you know, I guess I should back up just a sec, because right before that press conference, yeah. we also got a little bit more information about what's coming, the Silver Bells killer. Yes. And who this person was. And we, we don't know, really, if it's a he or a she. But we know that between 1999 and 2002, six different people were, people were killed. Yep. They were strangled. Nothing was left behind except for a silver bell. And then the killing completely stopped. The police had no evidence. That was it. Right. And um, I guess they found out that it was in the concrete. They think they're worried first, obviously, for the political reason that Mm -hmm. it was their family's concrete. That's right. I didn't realize you could get that rich off of a brand of concrete, but okay, I'll I'll run with it. And uh, there was something found in the concrete. I thought that's where Mm -hmm. they... So the tunnel collapse was not on purpose. Uh, Yeah, so I actually thought it's like Wow, that's a very elaborate way to kill somebody. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting, so th- right? that's what I thought at first. It's like, okay, so we understand this is the murder happening uh-huh. again. Then we find out, no, it was actually a legit accident, but they mm-hmm. find the piece of the belt right. in the, you know, in the rubble. So I thought that was an interesting twist. And um, yeah, it 
it was just very weird. I think they introduced it very, um, very well. Like when they talk about things like you know the BTK killer Zodiac, mm-hmm. they all you've seen the news. There's mm-hmm. all those weird mo's. Right. It's like okay, that's you know creepy murder 101. So I was <laughs> I was on board with it. It made sense. Yeah, it made sense to me too that we find the belt and we discover later in the episode that there's some DNA on it. So we might actually get some more information as well. And so when Mitch, the father, uh, wakes up, he apologizes, which could be interpreted in so many different ways because we do know that some we do know from the premise of this show, mm-hmm. someone is a killer, possibly more than one someone. So from the very beginning now, we start getting suspicions because he could be apologizing because now it's all about to crumble down on them yeah i so at first you know we're led to are we jumping to the point yet so jump the the, the hospital the hospital scene by itself you know okay they're all gathered around Mm -hmm. and we see we start to see everyone's motive why they kind of would be so the first question allison somehow you know she would want to hide it but is that also to divert attention off of herself Mm -hmm. Cam already seems really awkward. Um, Brady, would he be doing it because he's he's killing people in order to maybe pin it on someone else to move mm-hmm. himself up in the police? Oh, that's a force? good one. He was the only person I wasn't suspicious of. Now yes, that you say that, you know, oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, Tess. Tess is just seems so nice. I like her character. Oh, I don't but like her. I don't trust her. That's the reason why she's too nice. And it's like you seem so perfect, which is exactly why I know it's not gonna go mm-hmm. as planned. But so I started reading it in those kinds of yeah. terms when they all interacted with each other. They're kids, you know, we're going to have a long conversation about these kids, yeah. <laughs> but that was another thing, like, okay, seeing them interact with the kids, I think that's was the most telling of all these characters, because none of them has just a very organic interaction. Mm-hmm. It's like they're at their maximum awkwardness when they talk to those kids. Yes. Every, so everyone in this family, right, they all are awkward with each other, and they're yes. awkward in and of themselves. Yes. And they're all, of course, suspicious, because then after the hospital... Tessa and Cam are out searching for drugs, Mm -hmm. and I was suspicious then, too, because I was wondering, is Cam making it up that he's searching for drugs, or did he know there were those bills in that shed? And did Tessa know? Was she saying, I'm sticking around because she was worried about him finding them? The thing that I noticed about that interaction, it felt very organic. As for awkward as they were, they seemed like the most normal when they did find the box. So yeah. that, to me, was like, even as awkward as Cam looks and as, I'm sorry, just creepy and, mm-hmm. like, both him and Garrett, honestly, it's like, yeah. if you showed that picture on the nightly news, I'd be like, that's exactly what a killer would look like. You would believe it. Yes. Yeah. But did you, and Tessa felt more real and that she was scared. But see, then I started thinking, maybe it's an act because, and I will skip ahead a little bit. I'm assuming everyone's seen the show at this point. Yeah. We get... Tessa in this owl outfit. And an owl is, of course, a bird of prey. And like we mentioned at the beginning, I apparently have a lot of them at home. So I think that owl outfit, I stopped trusting her. And it made me go back and think of her at the very beginning, even, in in a distrustworthy, in an untrustworthy Uh, way. I gotta say, see, now that one... I didn't read too much into it. That could be, you know, my best friend, she actually has a very prominent owl tattoo on her wrist. Hey, Laura, I know you're watching. (laughs) But um, the thing is... uh, I did read too much into that just because a lot of people own owls. I think I even have a small one in my house. Don't yes. judge me. <laughs> but um, so I didn't read as much into that. And 
I just go back to there's when you have characters like that, you're looking for reasons why they're not guilty, as opposed to when you have a Garrett or any of our more periphery characters right now, you're looking for reasons that they are. Oh, I disagree. See, I really? feel like Garrett is the obvious guilty choice. We see him with the knife and he's sharpening it, and how weird and creepy and he is that? Shaves with he shaves a with hunting a knife. knife. Yes. I mean, you and don't... we get the crow calling as he's going out, so we get that bird of prey linked to yes. him. So I guess actually we have birds of prey linked to all of the characters because we also get Cam with the tattoo on yes, his arm. Yes, Cam has a tattoo so. when he's with Sophie. That's another thing, you know, yeah. another character on the periphery that I'm. I'm hoping she gets more integrated into the family. Yeah. Just because I feel like she's that character who could really screw up their dynamic. Right now Mm -hmm. they're a very tight knit unit for Mm -hmm. as much as they almost seem to not like each other hundred percent. And I feel like she's the one that like she's gonna get Tess probably fight with Tessa a lot, Mm -hmm. but then maybe Garrett's gonna get along with her just because she seems like that grenade to throw into the group. And I think that she's there to make us suspicious because they've already really? established that Cam stopped using drugs, but she never did. So I think everything she says will be under a cloak of doubt because okay. is she using, is she not? So then we've got, um, you know, as we've gone through and we've talked about these great shots, so Garrett shows up mm-hmm. and they all go to the hospital and he meets the twins who play a role later on yeah. because Garrett winds up talking to his dad and then Suddenly, Mitch goes into, it seems like a cardiac arrest or maybe another heart attack. We find out later that he is in a coma, but they all go back to the house and say, like, what did you say to him, Garrett? And Garrett says, oh, nothing. I just said, I love you, Daddy, basically. (laughs) And do you think they believe him or not? I think that they believe that he said that, but I don't think they believe that he's completely innocent. At least Cam and Tessa, who know that Mm -hmm. they found the silver bells, you know, in the house. But also, I gotta say, we benefit a lot here at AfterBuzz TV. We had the closed captioning on, Mm -hmm. and we actually see that he's whispering to something, whereas it was so quiet, I actually would have missed it had we not had that on the TV, so... I'm I think I would have heard part of it. We know he's but, muttering, yeah. but it's like, you know, so we got a little bit of a teaser exactly how That's malicious right. at first. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think that uh, when I'm breaking it down, do they believe him? The, I think Allison did. I don't think Tess and Cam, you know... Mm-hmm. They don't buy it. They don't buy that even if he said that, that he isn't there with some other purpose. Like, he was like he was already on his way. By the way, how right. far away... I know they're both East, ah, East Coast. Right. How far away is Maine from Boston? Oh, it's got to be a good drive. Like, yeah. at least a full day, if not two. Yeah. And that's a pretty say. good distance. Yeah, I know it's like... About a, one day. No, I think it must be about a one day drive. It's got to be, you know, like from Southern California to Bay Area. Because I know the drive to New York, it's not... Crazy, crazy. How <laughs> <laughs> far is the drive from Maine? And I guess we don't know where in Maine. Yeah. Whoa, weird, you guys. So I'm typing it in because, hey, why not? It's yeah. the first option up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my computer knew we had been watching. Four hours and seven minutes okay. to just, I guess, the border of Maine. So right, not so- that far. And, you know, we did skip over a little bit what yes. turns out to be very significant later. Twice, we find out there's a missing cat in the neighborhood. First, oh the God. woman comes by right before we see Garrett and says, my cat's missing. Please watch out. Then she comes back and says, I've got some flyers. And that's significant because shortly after this, dun, dun, dun. Well, we're not quite there yet, yeah. but. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about Garrett. one character we've been dying to talk okay. about, I think. The uh, kid? 
Jack. Jack. Oh, so, my And so we good see Lord. Jack and Garrett wind up together chatting. Uh, Jack goes into Garrett's room. Yeah. And they're both weird. And they recognize that. They were trying to out-weird yes. each other. And so... <laughs> Jack tells this story specifically about cicadas and says, hey, every 17 years, cicadas come up from underground and shed their skin. Kind of like how SPK has been missing for 14 years. And kind of like how Garrett has been missing for 14 years. So we've got that connection. And then Garrett, to outdo the weirdness, says, oh, no, let me outdo you, basically. If you cut cut a a worm in half, it will still live, both halves. Which both can be linked to the story because, as we find out later, little Jack serial killer is busy cutting up the neighbor's cat. I... Ew. Oh, my God. I just... I, it makes me think, like, if I had a kid like that, how, what would I do? Like, <laughs> how long does it take to lock him up? I how thought, creepy is he? Yes, and all of the early reviews talk about his characters. Like, he is one disturbed yeah. child. And what's ironic is he, as off as his parents seem, uh, he is even more so. Mm-hmm. Like, they're 100% weird. He's a 1,000%... <laughs> Yes. This is a kid who was born to kill people. I know. And that's the thing. I'm like, if he were older, I would feel like he was the killer. I mean, yes. we ha- he's the one who says earlier in the episode he wants to be a medical examiner and do autopsies. And then we find him in the kitchen saying, Dad, look at my sketches. And they're sketches the of most- murders. We've got disembowelment and the um, the bell killer. And I, so we, we've got all these creepy things. Like, no, what is this kid watching on I, TV? I got to say this. Um, one of my favorite scenes on the comedy side, and actually made me feel different about Cam, mm-hmm. is when he's, you know, Jack is showing him the pictures, and he's just sitting there with that expression like, where did I go wrong, race? <laughs> because he clearly went wrong. Yes, and he is aware that like, oh my god, what, you know, where did I go wrong? Mm-hmm. And that made me think like, okay, Cam as... He's that awkward guy, which you everyone knows them in life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think I'm that person. Sometimes we are them. <laughs> but I think to myself, it's like, okay, he's awkward, but he's just socially awkward. He's not malicious. That boy, I don't. Is borderline sociopathic already at, what is he, maybe 11? Hurting the cat. That's the thing. Up to this point, it's like, okay, maybe he just does some weird things. I mean, granted, it's not quite normal to draw people getting strangled. And it's an odd thing to want to do autopsies. But they say one of the key distinctions of all killers is that they torture animals. So that scene, I gasped out loud and I need to shake it off still. And then he wanted to watch the vet, so the tail back. Gone. Yes. And then Cam has that look again like, oh my god, what have I done? Okay, the only <laughs> thing is during that scene when they're driving to the vet, yeah. why was the cat on the kid's lap? I just felt like the cat would not want to go near the kid and it would be upset. Didn't you see it just sitting there? I was more distracted by the dismembered <laughs> tail and I was just like... <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean... There's a lot wrong. That is a one weird family. Yes. And so after this, and after all this cat, we get um, Tessa and Cam at the library to do some research, presumably, on the killer. Mm -hmm. And they find out, of course, or they realize that the killing stopped 14 years ago, and they connect it to Garrett and say, that's when Garrett left. And what actually occurred to me and stuck out to me the most during this scene was not what they were doing as much as it occurred to me that Cam was wearing glasses, and he wore them on and off during the episode. 
But glasses generally are used as symbolism for either someone who can't see things for what they should be or someone who is hiding things because they are hidden behind something and you can't see them. So glasses work two ways in that type of deep symbolism that we see in movies and TV shows. And they have said pay specific attention to the costumes, to the makeup, to all of these details. So I can't help but think that is on purpose and he's the only character who wears glasses. I didn't even... I would never have thought of that unless you said it. (laughs) You know, it's true though. It's true. And Mm -hmm. um, the thing with Cam, when I break down his character... What is it he's hiding if he's mm-hmm. not the killer? Because he seems he is aware mm-hmm. of how twisted his son is, yeah. and he is aware of how what did I get myself into? And that puts me on his side as awkward as he is already. Mm-hmm. However, you're not just borderline awkward. You're not just awkward. There's something off about you, and I think Sophie is gonna help us learn about exactly mm-hmm. what is it that yeah. Cam's hiding because it's not just a drug problem yeah i I wouldn't even be surprised if it's something to have that happened with him and jack earlier not to say that i don't Um, think molestation but i wouldn't be surprised if big chunk yeah i would i'm not saying that i'm just saying maybe something happened that jack got exposed to something and he dropped the ball as a parent and maybe Um. that's why jack is so weird but you know what now that you say that possibly but Who was raising Jack before? Because we now know that Cam has only been sober and off drugs for not even a year. So, And Sophie's still on drugs, so presumably he wasn't living with either of them. Was he living with the grandparents? True. I feel like they were... They haven't been... They seem like they're separated, not so much divorced. Sophie and Cam, you mean? Sophie and Cam. Because I feel like... When they had the interaction in the truck mm-hmm. where Tess is like, you know, I got married, and then Cam is like, you know, I, you mm-hmm. know, I, you, where were you at my wedding? Right, they both, yeah. I, I feel like Garrett, he seems like the kind of character who would be okay making this, like, I know I missed your wedding. I know I missed your divorce, too. You uh, know, I feel like he would have said that. So yeah. I feel like they're more just in a separation period because he says he's living at the house with Jack. While Sophie finds a new place. So I take that to assume, you know, it's been a more recent thing. Mm -hmm. But um, obviously, they still kind of can't get away from each other. So that makes me think they haven't been separated for too long. Okay, and I can so see that. so they're probably raising him together. That, I don't know if I'm on board with that really? theory. I think someone else was raising Jack. I think that's what's going to come out. I think if both of them were high all the time, that maybe it was the creepy grandparents who were raising him. And that would explain why he was in the house, and that would explain why Cam has moved back in. So I don't know. My my current working theory is that someone else raised Jack. And so... Uh, Cam and Tessa then go to their sister Allison, who's running for mayor, because they need to bring someone else into this and say, hey, like, basically, we think our brother's a killer. And she says, you know what, let's table this. Let's not worry about it until after the election. And then she proceeds to tell each of them about how it would harm them specifically, not just her, although it would, but them as well, which was interesting. I'm sorry, but there's something wrong with you if you're more worried about that than the fact that someone close to you is a killer. I could totally see that, though. That made sense to me that she was saying, let's hold off. You know, it's been 14 years. What's another couple months? See, to me, I'm thinking, okay, if you are the killer, why do you feel the need to run for mayor? And if she, you know, what could be worse? What could she be hiding 
that is worse than the murder if she's trying Hmm. Like what is she? I but don't... she knows it'll take her down if someone or two someone's in her yeah. family turn out to be the murderer. She knows she won't be elected. I know. But so I guess I'm trying to think. You know, there's got to be some more of a motive. It can't just be about becoming mayor, in my opinion. If there's something more that she's hiding. I wouldn't be. We understand she has kids, mm-hmm. but we didn't really get introduced to a father. I was going to say the same and thing. I, Where was he at night? I have to point something out, because yes. when I first saw it, that first interaction within Allison and Cam, mm-hmm. she is very clean cut, very, mm-hmm. you know, pressed clothes and all that. He's kind of sitting there. He's got the arms hunched and crossed. Mm-hmm. But she has that interaction with him. She's all touching the arm like, you look good. And I'm like... Hmm. Like you you thought there was a sexual relationship or you thought it weirded you out? Which one? Exactly that. Like, is there something going on with them and their brother and sister? Oh. And then, yeah, that did weird me out. I didn't get that, but I could see it. But, you know, just because they are so different Mm -hmm. and, okay, she seems like she's a very alpha personality. Mm -hmm. He's definitely more submissive. And so it made me think... Look, we already know the show's pretty twisted, mm-hmm. and I know how crazy. I'm probably going to get a lot of weird comments, but it just popped out to me that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of reason why he is so awkward, and it's probably had to be because Allison kind of shunted him down, made him more submissive in some kind of traumatic way growing up. I could definitely buy into that theory because I do think you're right. You make a good point that there has to be more to what she's hiding because otherwise we would go, okay, well, we know she's not the killer then. She's just trying to hide it for other reasons. So there has to be something else that she either knows who is or is connected in some other way because we can't write any of them off. So I agree there could be something there. I didn't think of it, but I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, um, I mean... There are a lot of weird characters, and we haven't really started talking about Garrett too much yet. And and then we have this, this weird experience, though, with Garrett yeah. in the hallway. He um, Tessa is watching, um, you know, of course, she's watching Jack because yeah. Cam wants to go to the hospital. And Garrett just appears crazily and creepily in the hallway and basically says that Tessa's not bad. She says, oh, you said you were never coming back. He says, well, you know you're not bad, implying that everyone else is and that the others are bad. And during this period, we get almost a montage, too. We have Cam in bed with Sophie, and then we have um, Allison with her kids also. So we have all of these interwoven together. So what are you thinking about Garrett, then? Okay, so another one. If he's not the killer, one, why is he so weird? Two, we understand he has that interaction with his mother that... Sorry, excuse me. She went to... He was told... He said he would not come back. Right. So, something about the relationship with Tess, obviously, Mm -hmm. is strong enough for him to ignore something. And I also got to think, they're very rich. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why... There's a deeper reason that we're going to learn why he wouldn't want to be a part of that money. Because they all live very well off. Mm -hmm. Um, Even... I mean, they... Tess and Brady support themselves, but you Mm -hmm. think they're probably benefiting. You know, they probably still got that rich car they got from mom and dad. Same thing with Cam. Mm -hmm. You know, he probably wasn't living off noodles before he started selling those comics. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is it that you did that would drive you away from that money and lead you to that nomadic life? Right. 
Right. But you're right. And I was going to ask your opinion, too, because okay. in that where he tells uh, or where he's talking to his mom and she says, basically, you said you weren't coming back. I thought that could also be read two different ways. You said you weren't okay. coming back like I didn't want you back and you promised not to come. Or mm. you said you weren't coming back and look, surprise, here you are. Because I thought if he knows something about his parents, maybe that's why. Maybe they tried to get him to leave. Okay. I, I'm with that. Uh, you know, I, I, okay, all right, so you think, um... So it's possible do, do he I, knows his parents did something. Are you saying... And they said, basically, go away. And so he said, okay, I'm not coming back. Basically, like, okay. maybe, hey, don't hurt me also, I won't tell your secret, I'm leaving. Okay. That sort of, don't come back. My crazy idea now... Okay. If I'm, you know, looking into the AfterBuzz TV crystal ball... Absolutely. Um, I'd be thinking that... The parents once did something to someone close to Garrett, Mm -hmm. or maybe threatened Tess. Mm -hmm. And um, that is why he left, but also why he comes back very caveman-ish, very gruff, as if he's felt like... He's the kind of guy who looks like he can defend himself, aggressively so. So you're saying you think the parents did something to, like, an old girlfriend, and he wanted to defend her? If not, like, a girlfriend, probably Tess. They threatened Tess. And at he one tried point. to defend her, you think, or he left because he I think he, he learned the, the extent to how twisted they can be, mm-hmm. and that's what drove him to leave and become... But, wh- but why didn't he take her, too? Because because we don't get all the answers on episode <laughs> one, Zoe. <laughs> Should this I get true. solve all the problems in the first, in the first 50 in the minutes? Pilot episode. And, you know, the, these two, Garrett and Tessa, they're the only ones whose ages we get. So I don't know if we'll it's get true. the others, but I thought there might be some significance. We learned Tessa's 27 and Garrett's 38. Yes, and I did so, the math. for whatever it's worth. Yeah, Tess would have been 13 in 2002. So, you know, we see... Mm-hmm. I feel like there was... There's something significant about how young she was, because we understand he was already a lot older, uh-huh. you know, when he left. So he, right. there's something to that. Well, I mean, when he left, though, 14 years ago, he was, what, 24 then. So, and we don't know where they fall, unless I missed it. Did you catch it? Did they say how old the other siblings are? Not, I know they we didn't did. get ages, but did we get where they are in the pecking order? Um, Allison and Cam? Are um, they older, younger, middle? I have a feeling that Cam is the youngest, and then uh, Allison is a touch younger than Garrett. So you but, think um, it goes Garrett, Allison, Tessa, Cam? Yeah, yes. I could agree with that. Oh, no, maybe not, though, because we've got mm. Jack, who we think is 10-ish. So mm. if Cam is younger, I guess 26, we had a kid uh, at 16. Mm. Hmm. He could be we, maybe well, one year older than Tessa. Maybe. I agree. He feels young. He yes, feels young uh, to me, also. He's, he's not maybe 30. I guess then I wouldn't be okay. Jack has a clearly something went something, wrong yes. in nature and nurture. Uh, I know Corinne Birkenhoff. If you are watching Brinkerhoff. the show, uh, yes. Brinkerhoff, I promise you I will learn how to say that as the executive producer of this sh- awesome show. So yes. I promise. But um, they, they were going to touch upon nature versus nurture in mm-hmm. terms of Jack. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had him young, just because mm-hmm. Sophie seems like the kind of free yeah. spirit that, right. you know what, yeah, it happened because I fell in love with that tortured artist with the rich parents. That just fits right. her character from what we've already seen, so I wouldn't be surprised. So that, I'll stick to yeah. that. I think Cam is the youngest. Okay. Just because I think 
Tess has probably felt the need to protect him before this. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And I feel like these ages are important, and the, and if not the specific ages, at least where they rank in the family fall. hierarchy, yes. because I think that will come out more about, exactly like you said, who is protecting whom, and what is their relationship within each of them. More, yeah. por- more importantly, the parents. Yes. Remember parents. that if Garrett, as we take to some, is the oldest, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of become the third leader of a family in a, oh, you know, right. in a big uh, unit like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, you know, just those dynamics. The youngest, you know, kind of got away with everything. Probably why he developed the problem with uh, drugs. Because, yeah, you know, maybe. he got away with a lot because he was the baby. Tess, you know, very bright, young, uh, sunny individual. Mm-hmm. Middle child, that's how she learned to stand <laughs> out, by being the nice one. Okay. And maybe Allison was jealous of Garrett. And now that she's... The big dog, Mm -hmm. so to speak. She likes that power. Okay, I could buy all of that. So we'll see, definitely. And then... You're pushing me for a lot of answers (laughs) today. It's like, what do you think it's like... It's so twisted, it's hard to give a straight answer. So you can't hold us to any of our predictions after a pilot, but... It's going to be the twins. They (laughs) did the the whole... I don't know. They went back in time and killed all of them. With Jack, the creepy kid. (laughs) No, Jack made the time machine and sent them to do it because he's that twisted. (laughs) (laughs) I could almost buy into that. And so moving in then to what is maybe, like, say, in my opinion, maybe the second creepiest scene next to Jack and the cat is we have the final hospital scene and that is where Madeline is in the hospital with her husband Mitch and he says to her we have to tell the truth which of course we can also take um, multiple ways and so his wife says oh honey please take a rest breathe deeply it'll all be fine and then she puts the pulse ox monitor onto her finger and proceeds to bend pinch the, the, the pinch oxygen. the oxygen tube, so he gets no oxygen and he dies. Now, aside from number one, I really thought like he could still breathe. But aside from that, okay, when she says we have to tell the truth, do you think it's because they know one of their children was the killer, or because they did something? They did something um, easily, and in all honesty, I feel like they jumped the gun just with the previews and mm. that scene because I feel like, you know what? They're both twisted. I, They're both the killers and she killed him because he was getting soft and she wants to hide her secret. And mm. they were training a young Garrett. <laughs> yeah, because that was so crazy. Mind you, I have a thing about when you see the people knitting. No one has ever knitted on TV and, and they they're happen. good and they're a good person. <laughs> the grandma is a weird grandma or it's a weird neighbor, but they never knit hold on. Do you need a second pen? I've got one. I got it right here. They, ne- they never one. sit there and knit and they're thinking of baking cookies. <laughs> I just don't buy it. And so when I see her there knitting, it's like lady, mm-hmm. you got enough money for that house. You really telling me you knit? In your spare time? Okay, the knitting did not stand out to me as a weird pastime because although I cannot knit, I know people who can. So that in and of itself... How much do you trust them? I trust them implicitly. But I agree that Uh, she knew something, uh, Next week I want you to tell me you still trust them. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I I want you to sit with them while they knit and tell me what they talk about. (laughs) So, and we've got... And then this, of course, you guys, is the big 
ending of the painting name, too, Arrangement in Gray and Black, we get the shot of her at the very end with the knitting. There's a painting behind her, and yes. that is reminiscent of this famous American painting, which I believe is actually called, more colloquially, um, The Whistler. I yes, believe. and so, then it alternate title, the you know same as the title of the show, Arrangement right. in Gray and Black, which really is a great title for this pilot, mm. I'd like to point yeah. out. But yeah, I thought that was very elaborately done, and I actually called it before the show started. As soon as he was in the hospital, we know it's a painting of an old lady. I was like, it's going to be her sitting in that chair. Not just because it was old lady, I want to say. I think because okay. of the knitting. Oops. I don't want to call Virginia yeah, right, Madsen fine. an old lady. She's, okay, she it was is because the lady. woman was sitting The woman in is the... sitting back and knitting, and you're right, you did call it, absolutely. Yes, and I'm yeah. like, it's going to be that. Got to be... I yeah. couldn't imagine her sitting in the house for that scene. It was going to be in the hospital. Because yeah. also we knew that uh, Mitch, they pointed out Mitch doesn't last long. We knew he was going to die in the pilot anyway. Right. We knew he was going. That's absolutely true. And then the very last thing I saw, um, actually, when we were getting snippets of the coming episodes, yes. is that they live at number 57. I don't know the significance, but I always like looking for numbers. So 57, let's see if there's any significance down the road. That, I mean, they Their show the numbers for a reason. Sometimes. It's going to make sense. Yeah. It's going to make sense. Absolutely. So, yeah. okay. I think we've mostly covered the episode, the high points. Is there anything you think we've missed that we need to go back to? You know what? Um, I think if you're following along with us, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys are pointing out, hey, the predatory birds, we know that's being done on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think the colors, as we talked about. So, um I think just the subtleties of the show are going to help carry it because it was a lot to digest. Mm -hmm. And I think for this as a murder mystery, we're trying to figure out who done it, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's the whole premise. It's, you know, very 101 in that way. We've got a lot of twisted characters. I don't have a suspect number one just because Garrett's too easy Mm -hmm. and there's a bigger mystery with Maddie. So if it is that way, there's going to be some kind of twist Mm -hmm. because it is too cut and dry already off episode one. And Mm -hmm. that's where I believe the hook is supposed to be. I agree. Yeah. That nothing is what it seems. And I read that the actors didn't even know who it was. So they were guessing along the whole time. So here's what I'm thinking. First of all, anyone who's listening, watching with us, anything you can, please click that thumbs up to us. We'll be here, of course, again next week. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can leave us a great review there. So thank you for sticking with us. And before we wrap things up, I'm thinking let's every week give our predictions. It's okay if they change, of course. And let's see if and when we've ever hit it right. Although eventually I feel like we have to hit it right. I feel like I'm going to be wrong every week. I know. I feel that way, too. Then then I'll go first. Share my predictions. I don't think Mitch was the killer. I think it's too easy now. Me, too. Garrett feels too easy to me also. Well. I'm, okay. I'm going with, if I can only, I'll pick two. Because it could be more than one, right? Okay. I'm going with Tessa and Cam. They have a relationship. I'm writing it down. Tessa and Cam Tessa are my votes of, wow. for creepy couple of the of the episode. Okay. Um, you know what? I will say this. Um, I jumped the gun and I misread it. Mitch, I do believe Mitch was part... I believe Mitch was the original Silver Bells killer. Okay. I believe that he was teaching Garrett. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if in some way we find out that Tess was closer to being gone when she was younger. Being gone? What do you mean? Like, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Mitch wanted Tessa gone and was going to have Garrett killer in Silver Bell's killer style. Whoa! And that's what eventually led to him being driven out. 
So you think Mitch was going to set Garrett up to kill Tessa. That is dark. But your money then? I think it's more gothic. (laughs) (laughs) Nice sound of it. So um, Mitch and Garrett are your two? Yes. Okay. Now, here's my big prediction. Okay. With Jack, because yes. he's easily the most interesting character yes. in a cast of very twisted ones. Yes. I believe that they are going to use Jack's obsession. I wouldn't, you know, I was trying to think, um, what is that word? Uh, when they're um, not autistic, but it's something when you're just really obsessed with something and it's like uh, Asperger's or something. I, I will get that back, the word back to you guys. I feel very bad, but I, because I know some a lot of people struggle with, and I feel bad that I'm blanking oh, like out on like obsessive compulsive something. But he, okay. the fact is, like he's so focused on, you know, just dark uh-huh. stuff like serial killers that I think you know Jack is not aware of what's right and wrong. But they're going to use his vast knowledge mm-hmm. in reverse to figure out who really did it. I think yes, I agree. They're going to use his expertise, like you know what? If you were a killer, you know, which I feel like Jack would be happy to answer that question. (laughs) Yes. Where? What would you do? Why would you do it? Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're going to use Jack to get some answers because he, of all the characters, he's the one who knows how they think that Mm -hmm. we don't think is the killer. Right. He can't be the killer. Yeah. I mean, we know he's ruled out along with the two twins. So, yeah. but I agree. He has the knowledge to give us I more. I think they're going to use him. They're going to use that knowledge to their advantage, as weird yeah. as it is. I agree. I agree. So, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. I hope yeah. you've been coming up with your own predictions as well. Where can everyone find you on social media? Hey, guys, to talk about this really twisted show, you can find me on Twitter at double G on TV. And I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Zoe Said What. You can also find me on YouTube at Zoe Hewitt Hosting, where I do a weekly movie analysis show. Oh, nice. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you right here next week. Bye-bye. Can I get a Zoe Said What? <laughs> From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 